This is Mission Critical to Mission Accomplished. Tune in to Constant Technologies podcast where we keep up with the latest in Operations Center technology and applications. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Constant Technologies podcast. I'm your host, James Kent. Today, more and more companies' businesses rely on the smooth functionality of their network, ensuring the command center responsible for monitoring that functionality always has the visual tools they require is of tremendous importance and benefit to the entire company. So, how to handle the specific challenges of service and support for these 24-7 rooms that never get turned off? Joining me today to discuss this topic is Ryan Wollstonecroft, Principal Support Analyst at Constant Technologies. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hey, James. Thanks. Ryan, what do you think? Most people working in an organization never fully understand the big picture of what goes on behind the scenes of their company's network until something goes wrong, right? You couldn't have said it better. (laughs) And yet, like a 24-7 manufacturing facility where it's essential for machines to run around the clock, the command center for a large organization's network uh, must be a challenge to keep things running and operating smoothly all the time. What, What are some of the main challenges these type of settings face? And what would you say are some of the challenges that are critical in these environments that sometimes get overlooked? Sure. Well, you can imagine in any large industry, in any you know, company that's uh, industry leader, you know, more and more in 2019 here and going forward, everything is based on computers and their network. And that's from machinery operating to communication, to just the telephones working. And so there's a lot of pieces in that puzzle. And if any one of those pieces gets out of place or, uh, you know, a setting changed or, uh, you know, a power outage anywhere, it can mean a devastation to, to business operations for that day or however long it's going on. And so, it's always important to kind of keep an eye on all these things and make sure that everything's working smoothly for everybody. Yeah, I always remember, you know, in, in my days working with a large organization, there was these moments where suddenly data operations went down. And for a second, everyone's like, hey, we get a little break. And then 15 minutes later, and it's still not up, we're like, hey, when's this going to be back on? Because I have a deadline. Right. Yeah. Brief respite to uh, sudden terror in a shorter period of time, I'm sure. You're on the front lines of building systems to make these command centers run effectively and efficiently. Do you have any examples of situations where a problem needed to be solved while still maintaining a high level of business as usual for the staff? Sure. Yeah. All of our command centers, um, you know, on a large enough scale are, are sort of designed with that in mind ahead of time. So, um, if you can imagine a large bank or an insurance company maybe monitoring their computer networks and their operations, um, the rooms that we build typically have uh, you know a big video wall and anywhere from uh, a handful to many dozens of computer workstations that are all integrated so they can share content on the video wall and with each other. And it's important to keep all of that up because they're they're monitoring alerts and things that they need to pay attention to. And so often on on a large enough scale uh, of a project, the whole back end of that system can be redundantly built in. So there may be um, a video wall processor running their their video wall. And while it's a very fancy computer, it's still a computer. So maybe a hard drive will die or a power supply might go out. Um, And if we plan ahead and they can afford to build it into the system, we have an entire automatic control system that will detect that 
that video wall processor has died, automatically switch over to a failover processor that can show the same content. The users in the room, there might be a hundred people in the room that see a flicker on the screen and before they know it, they're back up and running. Uh, whereas if that wasn't built in ahead of time and sort of thought about, the operation of dozens of people could be halted for indeterminate amount of time. You know what happens when a, a hard drive dies in your laptop. Uh, you know, you bring it to the, the fruit company store and who knows how long it's going to take them to fix it. So Yes, panic is set in. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we have a team of people ready to answer phones and emails, uh, you know, and we get them occasionally where saying, you know, hey, our video wall won't turn on or, you know, our speakers stopped working. And oftentimes there's uh, systems in place that we can kind of guide them through um, a couple of quick tweaks and changes if we need to, to get them up and running. But for the large factor thing, something like a video wall or uh, a conferencing system, um, all of that is thought about ahead of time going in so that we really minimize downtime for all of our clients. When a problem does come up, how do most companies who work with you handle them? Does the problem uh, get put on hold until someone from Constant Technologies can get onto the site to deal with the issue, or you just mentioned phone calls? Sure, yeah. So we sell um, service-level agreements with all of our uh, ongoing jobs, and um, we have contracts with most of our larger clients and our smaller clients, too. And really, the support starts at the installation. At, at the tail end of an installation, when they're bringing the staff into the room, there's a, a lengthy training process that goes on. So we're working hand in hand with the people in the room to kind of go over all of the equipment, the configurations they may need to do or want to do to tweak the system to their liking. Um, you know, everyone uses the system a little differently. And so there's a lot of hand holding at the beginning um, to kind of get them familiar with everything. And then ongoing, you know, should a problem arise down the road, um, they have all of our numbers, our support numbers. They actually get a unique um, 800 number they can call. Uh, it's a 24-hour support number if they have that in their surface-level agreement. Um, we also are, have a staff that monitors our email uh, and our support department. And when that comes in, uh, typically, there'll be a, a pretty immediate uh, reply to that message. Um, and we work with those people that we have trained on-site to kind of do the initial troubleshooting of the problems. And the reason we do that is because it's the quickest way to get them up and going again. Um, if, if there's a problem that seems devastating to them, oftentimes for us, it's, you know, try power cycling this and see if it goes away or reseat this connection and see if it goes away. And often it's something as simple as that. You know, someone may have knocked a cable loose in their desk and they're wondering why their computer isn't on the video wall anymore. You know, it's easy <laughs> to just plug something back in and, and make sure it's working and it's not really that big of a deal. Um, if it is uh, escalated to a, a bigger problem, if there is actual hardware failure or, you know, communication problem, maybe uh, uh, network firewalls have been changed and they sort of need our guidance to kind of explain to them where they sh need to be looking on their end of things and where we can look on our end of things. You know, that can all happen pretty quickly over the phone and through a couple of emails. Um, and then, you know, if it goes even beyond that, if there's uh, a major component that's um, dead in the in the system, uh, something that needs to be replaced, something that needs to be reconfigured to temporarily get them uh, rolling again pretty quickly, that's when we would send a, a technician to site, uh, someone who's familiar with the system, and they can work with our engineers and get them up and going again pretty quickly. And all of those um, deadlines are built into the contracts that we sell also. So, you know, a major client with a, a, a very important command center that keeps them going 24 hours a day. They might have a contract where they have an X number of hours reaction time uh, guaranteed. So if they're down, right. initial troubleshooting steps aren't getting them going, you know, within 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe we'll have somebody on site there to fix it. When it comes to these service agreements, 
what type of maintenance? Is there sort of a, a yearly maintenance recommendation? Do, you know, or is there a type of time where you'll come out and do an inspection to make sure everything's running smoothly? Yes, absolutely. So once a year, we recommend, uh, it's called a preventative maintenance. Uh, we'll send uh, a technician to site, sometimes two technicians, depending on the size of the job. They go through the system top to bottom, check all of the gear, all of the logs. They clean everything, all of the filters and fans, make sure everything's working tip top. There'll usually be an additional training session. So they, sometimes at a large company with a lot of people in a room, there's turnover that happens and they need to sort of be refreshed on the operations of the system. Or maybe they've decided they use the room differently than they did a year ago and they have some uh, a new team in there maybe that wants to uh, utilize a different component that wasn't really getting used before. And so we're there to kind of hold their hand through that and teach them how they can use the system you know, to their best use. I'm assuming that a lot of your customers had a system in place and you may be working to either upgrade that system or completely change it. How does that process work? I mean, do you find that you're not building something completely from scratch every time, right? Sometimes yes and sometimes no, I guess is the real answer. You know, almost all of our systems are, are bespoke builds. And so during the initial um, conversations that happen with our company, usually there's budget engineering involved. So if they have an existing system that's only a couple of years old and they have equipment that works and they want to integrate that into the new build to save on cost, that's something we're certainly willing to look at and, and work with them on. If it's uh, an upgrade to existing system that we already built, so we're familiar with all the componentry, uh, how it's been maintained, um, you know, it's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly a conversation worth having um, if they company thinks it's worthwhile, honestly doesn't happen a lot. Um, most of our installs are probably a full refresh. So it's a, a, a tear down and rebuild of it, an entire room. This industry in, in five years or 10 years would be a very long time to be using a command center uh, with the same equipment. And even in five years, uh, you know, a lot changes. Uh, screens get a lot better, uh, more power efficient. They can save costs there. You know, there's new conferencing equipment involved that maybe their, their company has standardized on. There's a lot of reasons to kind of just replace everything and maybe liquidate the old equipment and invest in new equipment too. So it can go either way. Are you saying that NORAD's not using the same screens and Whopper computer that they were using in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> so when a company is either, you know, in considering a change, what's maybe an avoidable mistake that they can avoid when designing these types of 24-7 environments? Is there something that you see that's a common mistake that a company's, you know, thinking one way where you realize that that's not going to be the right way to go? I would say there might be two situations that I have seen. You know, I've been doing this for 12 years now, so I've seen a lot of things. One of the major ones is that the people involved in the initial uh, planning and developing of the room often are not the people that work in the room. And so if I'm involved early enough, uh, I would recommend to people that, you know, talk to the people who are actually going to be in the room using it and see they might be thinking about it differently than the budgeting office that determines, you know, what's going to get purchased for the room. Right. And so it's an important conversation to have. And uh, another thing I see is it's easy to um, overcomplicate a system if you think you need everything. You know, a lot right. of people would be better off sort of channeling money into a more redundant uh, part of the system that's important uh, rather than kind of spreading money over a wider area of things that they may not be using all the time. It sounds like, you know, in a sort of consultive 
capacity, you're there to help guide them through the process and make sure that they're, you know, thinking about this the right way. You know, you're not looking to just give them every bell and whistle that they don't need. Absolutely. And we have a whole team of system design engineers that can help them with that. Um, you know, my role is more um, in support. So I'm seeing a lot of things after the fact, not problems, but uh, usually it comes down to how they're using the system and they think that something's working a way that it shouldn't be. And so some of those issues can sort of be handled, you know, at the very beginning of it, if they are involved in the conversation of, you know, what they're getting in the first place. Technology is going to change and it's going to change rapidly. And so when you're building these centers, you have to kind of consider what upgrade might come the way that we need to, you know, make a change, or maybe that gets kind of covered in that yearly maintenance. But I can imagine that the security for these environments is important. Sure. Security is very important. A lot of our equipment is sort of isolated intentionally onto its own private network so that we don't have to exist on a corporate network where, you know, if the back door gets opened somewhere, it's a real problem. Right. Um, and so we would intentionally get as much of our equipment as possible onto our own private AV control system network. And if we need to, we can poke holes back and forth, you know, hand in hand with the company to make sure that it's secure on their end and functional on our end. Oftentimes, you know, there's really not that much equipment that needs to exist on a corporate network. Uh, it might be, you know, there'll be VTC equipment, uh, conferencing equipment that they'll need access to. The video wall controllers uh, are often, it's a very robust and kind of built out Windows machine um, that they need to access web content, things like that. So we'll work with their team to make sure it's up to spec to exist on their network, um, you know, patched correctly and on the, the correct update cycle. And it's something that our programmers and engineers can work hand in hand with their network team to make sure that that's safe for them. That's great. Before we go, is there anything else we haven't covered that we should? There's a lot of new exciting equipment that's happening out there right now that some companies are starting to look into uh, and have that conversation with us. Especially the the video wall technology. You're seeing video walls now and you go to the mall and you see them in the, the fruit store and, you know, advertisements they have in the aisles. And, you know, that's very new to people, but to us, that's very old. I mean, we've been seeing this for decades now. The LED video wall industry is something that's really exploding right now. And it's the prices are getting down to a point where people are willing to to budget them into their builds. And uh, I think it's a very exciting and very uh, interesting way to build out a command center these days. Um, many companies, they're not only using their command centers for back-end business. I, they, they're using it to monitor their networks and make sure things are good, but they're also using it to be a very impressive room to bring their clients into and say, you know, look at what we built. Look at <laughs> the, these tools that we have, you know, we're state of the art and we are able to achieve so much because of this. And uh, it can be really impressive to, to bring someone into a room with a, you know, a, a LED video all the size of a football field that they usually see, at, you know, from the other end of a stadium, not 20 feet away from them. So that can be really cool. What, what, are, what are you seeing some of the uses or these advantages that people are getting out of uh, having these walls in their command centers? Uh, well, the uses that they have for them are typically um, they're watching for alerts, um, information that comes up that, uh, you know, tells them how their business is going. Uh, some security operations might be watching for um, network activity to see, you know, our office in Beijing is really having a spike in activity and it's only two in the morning there, what's going on. And so they can see that and the appropriate staff can all react to it and have a conversation together. Video wall technology up until very recently has been made of 
you know, you're basically taking, you know, LCD screens, putting them all together, and you kind of, you can see the lines between all those screens, which is effective for seeing the information, but it's not as slick. Uh, you know, you don't feel like you're on the Starship Enterprise necessarily. <laughs> and this new equipment that's coming up, you can have one big seamless wall with, you know, you can put content wherever you want, stretch it to any size. There's no like kind of artificial grid lines between anything. So it enables the staff there to kind of build the tools exactly to the their need. You know, they can place things anywhere and do anything with it. And they're not confined even arbitrarily to these, you know, what was before bezels between screens, which, you know, you could always sort of build your tools to just ignore those bezels, but it never really seemed quite right if you sort of overlap things in the wrong way. And so it enables them now to use the screen to even more to their liking. It can be even an even more bespoke experience for the staff in the room. A lot more versatility and flexibility, it sounds. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important, you know, especially going forward uh, to have to do with the the second part of these rooms that I talked about where people are trying to impress their own clients. If they can bring people into that room and really wow them with the tools that they're using, um, you know, I think that goes a long way for, for their business also. Right. Well, this has been great. I want to thank you. Uh, my guest today, Ryan Wollstonecroft, Principal Support Analyst at Constant Technologies. It was a pleasure. My pleasure, James. Thank you. And and thank you for tuning into this episode of Constant Technologies. I'm your host, James Kent. Take care. Mm -hmm.